0: McDonald's.
1: And I'm Diana Fleischman. Welcome to the last day of the London Games and the final show of our trilogy about the vegan stories behind the Olympics. Returning to the story of animals in the opening ceremony
0: and the impact on local vegan businesses.
1: And vegans at the Olympic venues seeking out the vegan option.
0: I enjoyed being in London during the Games. The Games volunteers in their pink jackets trying to help people. The athletes in their national colours around the city. The background hum on the news of people winning medals. Even the weather was good. And in the last show, I even got to interview a vegan Olympian.
1: Well, I mostly stayed out of London, even though I have been enjoying the weather. And I have to say, I felt really out of the loop of popular culture. I thought... Usain Bolt was an energy drink until a couple of days ago. And I've done this before. When I lived in Atlanta during the 1996 Olympics, I visited my grandmother in Munich. Where did you go when the Olympics were in Munich? In 1936. I'm not quite as old as you, Ian. But even though I'm like an American Olympic Grinch, Ian's interview with Caroline Lang warmed my heart, especially as I learned he cycled over there, the only exercise he got all week.
0: That's how close we are to the Games, 20 minutes on the cycle.
1: Sandra Hood, the dietician we interviewed in the first show, emailed us to say the Olympics appear to have engaged the whole of the UK population, who I feel have embraced it. Most vegans I know keep fit and active. However, it is a shame that the majority of the UK are spectators rather than participants. Nevertheless, hopefully it has motivated people to get more active. Well... I've been trying to get more active, but not because I'm trying to look like hard-bodied Olympians.
0: Now, when I posted that interview, Cara's team were battling France for the bronze medal, that interview with Cara Lang. No one had scored and the game had gone into extra time. But within five minutes of the interview going on the veganoption.org, her old teammate Diana Matheson had scored a last-minute goal for Canada to win the bronze
1: Ah, don't just listen to our podcast for the content, but also because it has apparently magical powers for Canadian athletes. You might remember the controversy around the use of animals in the opening ceremony. Animal protection groups had objected to the use of animals, both for the welfare of the animals and the presentation of an idyllic animal agriculture. The London Games Organizing Committee, LOCOG, emphasized the involvement of the UK's established animal welfare charity – the Royal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, or RSPCA.
0: Ceremonies director Bill Morris had written to campaigners saying that the animals were not going to be part of the food chain, but hired from specialist suppliers of animals for entertainment.
1: Like everyone else, we've seen the ceremony on TV. In fact, we could even hear the opening ceremony from our apartment in London. As opening ceremony director Danny Boyle promised, most animals were part of the pre-show, a recreated 18th-century farmland, and only a couple of draft horses were in the actual opening ceremony. Animal activists have raised concerns with us that the sheep were visibly scared, racing up and down their pen, their transport to and from rehearsals, and a live ceremony during hot weather by London standards, and that although the animals were out of the stadium for the ceremony proper, they were still surrounded by roaring crowds when the Red Arrows a military air display team flew overhead.
0: The RSPCA told us that, quote, their inspectors were satisfied that the animals were fine. The supplier, First Choice Animals, has since the ceremony given an interview to a UK newspaper which revealed that the sheep, the majority of the animals, were new to being used in entertainment. Now, when the ceremony began, I was still uploading our first Olympic show. Diana, You've spent more time with animals than I have. What did you think of the ceremony?
1: Yeah, I've spent a lot of time as a kid around chickens and horses, pigs, goats, lots of other animals. And I only really saw the draft horses. One was cantering and one was trotting, which made it look a bit like they were stressed, since they're not actually meant to move asynchronously, that is, at different gates. Last time last show, I said it would be better to use animals that had been in these kinds of settings before, as they'd be more desensitised. But then again, the animals wouldn't really be good for the show if they had been frightened from an entertainment standpoint. Nobody wants to see animals cowering in corners.
0: I put activist concerns, particularly about the sheep, to the director of supplier First Choice Animals, Jill Clark. She declined an interview, saying she clammed up in front of a microphone, but emailed to say, that the animals stayed at the venue, not transported back and forth, that trainers had acclimated the sheep to loud noises, uh, and that it was her, quote, company's policy that any animals used do not go for slaughter. She hasn't yet said exactly how that works when someone else owns the animals. Liz Tyson, director of one of the campaigning groups that had objected to the use of animals, doesn't think that's enough. She said, quote, that the animals will be spared slaughter in order to live a life of being used for commercial gain in another
1: industry is hardly cause for celebration. You were also trying to get to the bottom of when organisers LOCOG involved the RSPCA. They said they'd the RSPCA before the decision to use animals was confirmed.
0: Since then, after repeated questions, the LOCOG spokeswoman has told me that the, the RSPCA was involved after the decision was made to use a concept that involved animals. She says the RSPCA was then involved from the start of the creative process of turning that concept into reality.
1: Is that a little complicated? Well, Ian's going to blog, breaking down the correspondence from LOCOG on the VeganOption.org.
0: Animals apart, what did you think of that very British ceremony?
1: I thought it was really cool, although without the BBC commentary, I would have been pretty lost. Except for Mr. Bean, which has always been my favourite throughout my life. Did I ever tell you about my, my favourite plane journey, Ian? Um, many times. Really? But nor the listeners. Tell them. <laughs> <laughs> so I was on a Transair Portugal flight and my grandfather managed to get me bumped up to first class. I was 15 and they gave me three glasses of champagne before we even took off. And they had Mr. Bean on in first class for the whole flight.
0: Fantastic. You know what Karen Lang was doing when she was 15? Scoring
1: goals for the Olympics.
0: Well, international football, but yes.
1: (laughs) So um, Ian was helping me understand a lot of the cultural references. um, And without Ian, I wouldn't have known who uh, Tim Berners-Lee was. Well, neither did the entire American populace. And that was a man that made Ian quite verklempt when Tim Berners-Lee came out on his computer.
0: And if you're watching the ceremony in America where the presenters wanted you to just Google him... He invented the World Wide Web, and you wouldn't be listening to even this show without him.
1: What did the Olympics mean for business? Let's catch up with vegan businesses we mentioned in July.
0: I popped in on V-Cross, whose owner Rudy had tweeted, the
2: Olympics are going to hurt our little vegan shop to find out how things had really gone. I know some other vegan businesses in London, they're like, woo, the Olympics, and I've always been like against it as a principal because I'm politically left, <laughs> on the left. Have the two weeks been in practice? I was wrong. Um, we, we did exactly what we were supposed to do if there was no Olympics. The people who came for the Olympics just replaced the, the English people, like Londoners, who just didn't you know, want to come here because of the Olympics. So it just went all right. And interesting people came along? Yeah, we had a uh, visit from uh, Carol Lang. She's a olympian and she did two she, world she cups she was our last episode yeah so two world her. cups in uh, the women's uh, mm. canadian team she's great she's awesome uh, then also we had uh, the visit of another canadian uh, olympian uh, but uh, a bit older an older lady she came with her daughter she's vegetarian but her daughter is vegan and uh they were very excited to be here and then uh, i mentioned Caroline, and she's like oh yeah me too i i, uh, I did uh I represented the canada during the olympics and i was expecting uh Gymnastic or whatever, and then I found out she was uh, taekwondo. Taekwondo. She was. Uh, she did um, the Olympics as uh, in the taekwondo team, and uh, it was really interesting because she she didn't look like somebody who uh, who can kick my head head. <laughs> uh, it it was just very interesting. So uh, yeah, um, I would say I uh, I regret I didn't ask her name i totally forgot i should have asked her name and check uh, how she did uh and which year she was in and uh yeah and i think there's been some other people from the olympics because i've seen some people wearing the the official uh, basically team uh, tracksuits and things like that so can't i'm not really sure because i didn't ask anything i didn't want to uh, which team know. did they look like i i they look like south americans to me so i i just i i don't know they were like could be Spanish. I I totally forgot. I just saw them, and I was like, okay, I'm not going to ask anything. Uh, and then that's it. I just didn't want to be uh, creepy.
1: Well, we have no fear of being creepy or Google stalking people on this show, so we looked her up, and that was Shelley Vitesse who competed at Barcelona in
0: 1992. Vegan Banker Ms. Gang told me the same thing about her shop,
1: our friendly neighborhood anarchist vegan cafe. Pogo Cafe, whose volunteers talked to us about the games, said they'd been really busy but had fewer volunteers. Also, Miss Cupcake was involved in the games.
0: Sponsors Procter & Gamble hired her to do a Cupcake decorating class for the mums of Olympians. She says she got a fair amount of international press interest for veganism.
1: And that's really kind of ironic but also interesting given that Procter & Gamble is the subject of boycott calls for its role in animal testing of household products. Miss Cupcake also tweeted a photo of a veggie sandwich she found at the Olympic Park. Were other vegans able to easily find
2: food at the Olympics? I went to the cafe and I requested a latte and was disappointed to hear that they didn't offer soy milk.
0: It's huge. You've got the various venues scattered around. There's obviously the, the big McDonald's that everyone's heard about, but there's separate eating, there's a picnic area. But I have to say, this, the queues are pretty huge. So. Uh, we would bought sandwiches, um, which we ate ourselves. I think if I hadn't been a vegan, I still would have bought sandwiches.
1: Experiences varied. Nicola Wilson, a vegan who has represented Wales at pistol shooting and has Olympic hopes for Rio, found nothing at the Olympic Park and promised to boycott sponsor McDonald's. Pretty sure McDonald's isn't that worried about vegan boycotts since they don't have anything vegan anyway. Aine Carlin at another Olympics venue posted a picture of her vegan doll, an Indian lentil dish.
0: Head of Catering, Jan Matthews, assured me all Olympic venues had vegan options, but neither she nor local PR got back to me with the specific examples that would help vegans find vegan food.
1: Luckily, it became better known that you could bring in your own food as the Games went on. What about fries, supplier of vegan mince?
0: It presumably did go to the Olympians, who have more choice of food. Um, Lisa at Fry's told me that it was hard for non-sponsors to find out where supplies went, and one of Fry's reps, Sean, did go to the Olympic Park and couldn't find uh, anyone using their mints.
1: Well, obviously the most optimistic explanation is all the Olympians had eaten it already. (laughs) And that's the games. As we record this, the closing ceremony is ongoing. And I feel a little relieved because checking Twitter... People are telling me I'm not missing much.
0: <laughs> I think the last couple of months have been really quite interesting. With Most of our shows have been features. But this show has been the moving target, uh, tracking the moving target of an actual news event. Um, and it's been a real privilege to be the vegan podcast that's in London for the Olympics. And, and it's been great to talk to other vegan podcasts behind the scenes about that. And some of them have... Uh, have given some, us uh, some love and some shout-outs, and I'm really grateful for that. It's also meant more research and fact-checking than usual and yeah. exploring stories that sometimes haven't
1: stood up. Ian's done a lot of work this past couple of months covering the Olympics, um, me not so much. So at the start of the Games, <laughs> we let you know who was sponsored by a vegan company and about the vegan-ish Williams sisters. How did everybody do?
0: Women using vegan shampoo won water polo. Women eating vegan snacks won rowing gold and the cl- close to vegan Williams sisters won two tennis gold medals between them.
1: I'm sure that has had everything to do with their uh, vegan products and not anything to do with how they're all American. And we, we tend to do pretty well at the Olympics. <laughs> Next month, I'm going to be using my psychology background to explore the notion of judgment. What is it to be judged and to judge others and to be part of a moral minority Vegans are often accused of these kinds of behaviours, but what does it mean, and is it really true?
0: Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or your choice of podcatcher to never miss a show.
1: But don't subscribe via carrier pigeon. That's not vegan. <laughs> Follow us and tweet us, which doesn't involve real <laughs> birds, just, just a picture of a bird, at veganoption on Twitter. You can like us and comment at facebook.com veganoption and leave a comment about the show or the olympics or pretty much anything you'd like at the veganoption.org. Rob Masters wrote the music, I'm Diana Fleischman and I made the tea. And
0: I mean McDonald,
1: reporting and producing and the tea was very nice. Copyright
0: us.